0: My darling girl, when are you going to understand? That being normal is not necessarily a virtue. I'd rather know a lack of courage.
1: You've just entered the friend Hour.
0: everyone welcome back to another episode i'm i'm having a i'm stalling i'm having a stroke
2: i was just gonna say i'm like are you having a stroke I
1: I this microphone picks up my hiss all right we're just gonna get right into it so hey everybody welcome to another episode of the cool friend hour (laughs) Get your host Morgan Fezza and I'm Taylor
0: let's get, let's get weird, weird. <laughs> only took 10 tries we had to switch
1: it's all right like I said buttery flaky crust
0: Mm-mm, but buttery flaky crispy crust
1: <laughs> I need a nap can you tell we're delusional today it's just gonna be one of those podcasts I was like you know what let's just roll with it let's just roll with it let's just be who we are dude that
0: made my pit sweat <laughs> i'm sweating it's not even that deep and and she's sweating all over her brand new brand new girlfriend hour shirt if i can if i can show it
1: we got merch we yeah. got merch
0: merch i'd show the back
1: but go I'm ahead go ahead throw it back taylor so, Throw I mean, back. i'm trying
0: not to sell pics you know
1: Your, like, microphone keeps, like, disappearing, so it just looks like a void, like, in your butthole.
0: Yeah, pretty much. You
1: look like you have a galaxy (laughs) in your ass. (laughs) I mean, they do say that. (laughs) I swear, I'm delusional today. I'm starting to lose it.
0: Patrick has stank ass. I got galaxy ass. What can we
1: do? I feel like no matter what podcast we do, somehow we're going to, like, throw Patrick's ass in there.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Which, by the way, I want everybody to know that he posted an Instagram post talking mm-hmm. about how there's, like, five tons of fecal matter in the ocean. And I was like, yeah, that's because you don't wipe your ass. It's because you don't wash your ass, yeah. Patrick. He thought it was so funny. He <laughs> yeah, like just thought it was so funny said- that after we, like, literally did that <clears throat> podcast and he was, like, mm-hmm. getting roasted between the two of us. And then he posted that on it. I'd never see him post on Instagram. And then that I was swear. what he
0: posted. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but whatever it was, it was perfect timing.
1: It was absolute perfect timing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get into it. Today, we are going to talk about a super hot topic. One of like, I want to say like the paranormal communities, one of their favorite like hot spots, um, the Waverly Hills Sanatorium Hospital. Um everybody knows this place mainly due to the body shoot that seems to be one of the the bigger topics and it's where everybody loves to go but what's funny is that a lot of people say that the body shoot isn't even the creepiest part like it's actually like the nicer parts of the sanatorium which is like (laughs) which says a lot yeah like it's just I don't know it's spooky but reading some like experience stories which we're gonna like kind of dive into a little bit today. Um, after we kind of talk about the history and whatnot. Um, a lot of people are saying that the actual rooms were scarier than like the shoot where like all the bodies were just kind of yeah. yeah.
0: I will say I when this when I was doing some of the research on it, especially when I was looking on Reddit, because I feel like Reddit is where you find all the great stuff. Some people were posting some creepy pictures. Like there oh, was so yeah. creepy, like even um On the Facebook page of the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, they posted pictures of what their guests had seen. It's like these creepy, like, um, apparition photos. And I was like, there's there's some good
1: ones. There's some good ones. What boggles my mind, though, is everyone that I've talked to about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, they all say that, like, pictures don't even do it justice. Because, like, when you roll up to this place, they're like, it is like a... Looming massive building and it's like extra spooky. Like it's Mm. just like it has like an air to it. And like I was reading this one, this one person was like, Yeah, like back in the day, they threw a like they had a concert, and somebody thought it would be a good idea to have it at like Waverly Hills. And she's like, I went to the concert not really knowing like where it was gonna be at, and then like you showed up, and she's like, It was creepy as hell she's like why would you have a concert like in an old sanatorium and I'm like I mean yeah like good point like who thought that that was a good idea you know what honestly maybe somebody had the best
0: intentions in mind and they were like you know what these ghosties need some light in their life so they were like let's get them fucked up
1: they were like let's put a new definition to rave in the grave right We're gonna. Or, or, no, actually, I'm gonna keep that thought in my mouth. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> do like we did last week. We're gonna suck it back in. Suck it back in. We're not even gonna say it. <laughs> um. <clears throat> okay. So Taylor, mm-hmm. I'm kicking it over to you, girlfriend, because I have about two brain cells left. I know you have probably about one two... and a half. <laughs> <laughs> together, <clears throat> together, we're gonna make three and a half brain cells, uh-huh. and we're gonna make uh-huh. this podcast happen. Uh-huh. So. I'm surprised you even did the math there. My brain couldn't even process what that was. It took me a second. It did take me a second. I was like, wait, did I say I was two and she was one and a half? Or it's close enough. It's okay. It's (laughs) five. I'm like, (laughs) I can't. Yeah. Well, that's okay.
2: It is what it is.
1: So yeah, let's let's dive into it. What's the history?
2: All right, so
0: what I, I don't know what you gathered or what I gathered. I'm sure we probably have most of the same stuff. But okay. uh, to start out, Waverly Hills Sanatorium um, was an early 20th century Tudor Gothic revival-style architecture. And it was a significant, well, it still is, but it was like a huge, significant um, contributor to the Louisville, Kentucky community. So the sanatorium itself is located in louisville kentucky it's still there to this day i think from what i read it's closed now but like they still i think they do like um like tours and stuff like it was closed for a while and then now they do like tours and all that and you can kind of like go in and see the history of it um but otherwise originally it was a two-story frame building it had been constructed in 1908 so 1908 was when or no 1883 was when it was first around I think right was it
1: 1883 I'm pretty sure yeah and
0: Someone by the name of, I forgot what his importance was, because, you know, I did the research, but my brain didn't kind of like process everything. Um, Someone by the name of Major Thomas H. Hayes, um, he had actually bought it. And at the time, it was only a, I think at the time, it was only a two story type of like home. And he had turned it into a one room schoolhouse for his daughters. Hmm. And then, comes 1908 i guess he had sold it to i wasn't i i think it was the some of it didn't pick up so if you hear anything that i'm like if you notice i'm missing anything please step in and say something i don't know one thing i will say
1: is so the reason that waverly hills like came to be Mm -hmm. was because in 1910 and this was actually the case for like even Greystone in New Jersey, a lot of the psychiatric hospitals, some of the bigger ones, a lot of them came as a result of an original hospital that was built and then became overcrowded because a lot right. at that time, things that we wouldn't typically like hospitalize people for, they were just getting put, they were just getting institutionalized, which is so terrible. Um So in 1910, there was a hospital that was built on like an exposed hill um, to fight off white death, uh, also known as TB at the time. Um, And the hospital became so overcrowded that they had been donated money and land in 1924. So they decided to construct a new hospital. And that's what we know today as Waverly Hills Sanatorium and they opened their doors officially in 1926. Um, And they were considered the most advanced TB hospital in the entire country. Um, Even though, which confused me about this, was the fact that they were considered the most advanced TB hospital, but there was no cure and they killed virtually everyone that was in Waverly Hills. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm not really sure how that defines as the most advanced. Maybe they had like the least
0: amount of deaths. But, like, when I was reading, so they killed everybody. That's, I mean, that is true. But I did read, (laughs) I did, I did read though, and I don't know where the official like truth lies, but some websites fabricated the number of how many people died. So, in one article, I had read that like 50,000 people had died there. But the most they had ever had, I think at one point, like at a time, like per year was about over 400 patients. And when the building had first been designed, it was only designed to accompany 40 to 50 tuberculosis patients safely. But of course, as you know, with any sanatorium or sanctuary or asylum, that's never the case especially no. in the 1900s they always ended up becoming overcrowded um but in another article that seemed a little bit more i guess realistic they said that the most people that had passed away i think in total was a little over 6000 people so but majority of the people that had got like tuberculosis patients that were there pretty much died from either tuberculosis or from complications of what they were doing to the patients yeah like i feel like their cures
1: it was a lot of i think what makes waverly hills so terrible and i mean this is the same with like a lot of um asylums and stuff is the fact that i mean these people were technically just guinea pigs like they were taking in these patients with this reputation of being the most advanced tb hospital in the whole country so people were probably flooding to them and realistically they were just trying out new forms of treatments and kind of like what we would know as cancer trials today like they're but except for obviously like today they're they're trials but they're not going to kill you like yeah like like they try to reassure
0: you that like
1: Yeah, it's either it's gonna work or it's just not gonna work, and then nothing's gonna happen. It's not gonna be like, hey, we might give you this medicine, and you might.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We don't know know. what's gonna happen, but you're gonna
1: tell (laughs) us. You might bubble up. There might be some like spontaneous (laughs) human combustion. We're not really sure. That back then is like the
0: today. Well, what if I just, like, you know, what if I just
1: intrusive thoughts.
0: Yeah, but back then they were like, well, what if we just give this person this? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> What's gonna happen? I don't
1: know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I'm feeling a little quirky today. Come on, we're feeling a little froggy. Let's right? let's sleep. sleep. Really? I can't. It's terrible. But it was said that um there were some that some people actually ended up surviving tubercu- tu- bu- 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 tuberculosis. Tuber- tuberculosis. I hate saying it. I just like saying TB.
0: Honestly, I do too.
1: TB. Um, we out.
0: we'll just call it TV.
1: TV, TV phone home. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, that delusion was your ADHD is setting in.
0: Kicking
1: in. I feel like I need a lobotomy, I need somebody to open up my brain and right? just be like,
0: Sometimes I just want to be a veggie.
1: All they're gonna find is like a little man just sitting on a record player, just spinning <laughs> in circles and listening to like what's the song. I wish it would be Stevie Nicks, but my brain is just <laughs> at such a dysfunctional point. It'd probably be like, dun, 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 like just fitting in a circle. And that's just how it exists in there. Honest,
0: honestly, if I got a lobotomy, I think I would just still be the same. Probably
1: me too. I feel that. Maybe like it didn't work. We'll try again. She's still the same. That's We're like, oh, we think that she's going to have like permanent damage from the lobotomy. And it's like, nah, I'm I'm still here this maybe, is me maybe they would correct things you know how they
0: always like oh, my. did lobotomies to people and it like turned them into vegetables like yeah. what if it's because they were doing it on healthy people like true maybe maybe they really got to do it because you know how it was back then like they would send anybody like but especially in like the 50s you know how they would like have in like some cases they and i don't know if this is probably like the thing but back then like if You know the housewife. If she was acting out and being crazy, what would the husband do? Send her to the institutionalizer, right? And she was like fine. Or even if they were like slightly like mentally, I don't know what mental health was back then. Like I don't know what their yeah.
1: Because this kind of reminds me of like back in the day. Like if you could read, you were a witch, and it's like what,
0: like, (laughs) which is still so funny because especially when you like research about witchcraft and like just witches in general and paganism and all that, like you see how every single person uses paganism and like witchcraft in their daily life. Like even religions use it.
1: Pretty much. Like pretty much.
0: you literally put, I mean, maybe not the intention part, but like people put spices and seasonings into their food. That's the same stuff that like you can use in spells and stuff. If you just put an intention towards it. True. or when you're like manifesting something or like hoping that like you'll get something or do something like that's all not exactly the same but like you get what i mean no but i
1: understand what you're saying yeah. but everything was like witchcraft <clears throat> back then they were like oh if you're acting up you're a witch right sanatorium like if
0: you give a kid medicine you're automatically a witch you're like oh she knows witchcraft
1: but it was like they used to institutionalize people for like to be like really stupid <laughs> things. Like, like people like and I mean this could not be right. This is just me being like dramatic, but like it's like your kid wouldn't behave and they're like automatically like oh I'm sorry they gonna have really to go. did have to do
0: that. Like your wife or your husband was more so I noticed like from what I've like learned over the years about the past is that like a lot of more like women tended to get sent there for the reasoning that like maybe their husband didn't want to be with them anymore and so rather than like divorcing because divorce wasn't a thing back then they didn't you know it was shunned upon kind of like they'd be like oh let me find an excuse to send my wife to the loony bin, or if she wasn't being the perfect housewife Or if you even showed slight signs of, like, something that wasn't normal, you immediately
1: got Like, depression. Like, postpartum depression was another big one. Yeah. Like, women didn't know how to, like, that wasn't really, like, identified. Like, you know the women back then with their mammy grannies? The little, (laughs) I don't even know what to call them. The little gowns that they wear, the moos. They were popping out, like, nine to ten kids. I mean, like, and it's like, listen, I love my one child. 10 kids. Mm -mm. No wonder. I would be going nuts. There's some people that I think are just like built for that life. I'm definitely not that person. But like, I'm okay. I'm like, 10 kids, that's a lot.
0: That's a lot. We'll have to in the near future touch base on a story. We'll have to talk about a story. I have to look it back up. I read it a a long time ago and I watched a YouTuber talk about it, but I don't know if you ever heard about, it was a hospital. That was like a secret private hospital for women and children. And the women would come say like divorced or were raped or, you know, had a situation where like maybe they needed to get away from an abuser or something. And so this hospital was meant to house pregnant women and then their kids obviously when they were born like the kids would you know live there with the mothers and then at some point they would kind of help them out and then release them back out into the world um but these women would sign up and think that they were getting this amazing treatment but turns out the whole hospital the woman that was in charge was actually selling the babies what
1: so like the heck
0: they're yeah the babies would come out like the mother wouldn't know where the baby is cuz they wouldn't get to see the baby at first so the woman would like have the nurses take the babies and literally sell them to these rich families and they'd be like where's my baby and they're like oh your baby didn't make it or your baby got sick or your baby had something wrong with them like it was crazy I have to find it we got to talk about it because it's such a we definitely have to talk about
1: that because that sounds absolutely terrible and like that's the first time I've ever heard of that it
0: was intense
1: um yeah so back to Waverly Hills Sanatorium. We digress. <laughs> um, like we, two of us, wait, do you, do you have like diagnosed ADD? No,
0: like, I don't know how I to do. go. I like, how do you go about, and we're going to talk about this for a second. Cause I want to know how you go about getting diagnosed. Cause I feel like I, I've noticed, like, especially I do a lot of research. I'm like a research person rather than like going and asking like a professional or something but i've read that like it's a lot harder for women to get diagnosed for adhd you know. because back then when they came up with the like you know the term of adhd and add and all that they said that the reason why males were always the ones to get diagnosed more was because they only tested on males so like women are a lot harder and like if you go to somebody they'll kind of be like no you're fine like you just probably have you know issues or you're being too hyper or you're talking
1: too much or no I would talk to a therapist or like a psychiatrist because I, I just recently to, got diagnosed yeah I just recently got um diagnosed as like neurodivergent so ADD ADHD um and it kind of for us was like trial and error it was just one of those things where it was like all right like we're gonna I mean I've been with my therapist for a little while now and a lot of things were just kind of adding up Mm -hmm. and they tried to treat me for other things and like wasn't really doing much. But then the one thing that treats like depression and ADD, ADHD, it's like a streamlined med. Um, They gave that to me and I noticed improvements and there was like, okay, like I think we know what the issue is here and so they started treating me for that and I feel like a much like more normal person yeah, but I, I what, towards the it. end of the day when it starts to like wear off mm-hmm. um my my train of thought is all over the place but I was literally the reason I was asking is I was like wait do we both have ADD ADHD I'm like because that is a mix for a podcast because yeah. we're going to be taking like 20 different paths well, on I one mean, conversation.
0: I I mean I know I have to get like an official diagnosis but I've kind of already like said and like my family has already said that like I'm pretty much like ADD, ADHD. I don't know what the term is cuz I heard that they don't use one of the terms now anymore. I think it's ADHD. I think now it's just ADD. I
1: don't know. I thought mine I think or mine the opposite. was ADHD
0: maybe maybe it's that maybe they don't use ADD yeah cuz they're pretty know. much
1: the same thing it's just stream. it's basically <clears> like <throat> just neurodivergency yeah um which like could mean a lot of things but like to to officially like get diagnosed with like ADD ADHD and a lot of the times people who have ADD ADHD can also have like a smidgen of autism mm mm-hmm. mhm Um, like I've heard that a lot of that goes hand in hand. And just for our listeners, I am not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist. If you think that you have (laughs) these things, you need to talk to a healthcare professional. Um Mm -hmm. But yeah, so um yeah, I was just gonna like laugh at that because I'm like both of us are gonna be like I definitely
0: without (laughs) a doubt. Like I was like like at the end of the day. I really don't even, I mean, I'll I'll eventually get it, but like, I really don't need a professional to tell me that like, I sidetrack all of my conversations. I, there's like, so I I can make a whole list of things that I can go off on.
2: And like, even when
0: like random times we're having podcasts and I'll be like, you know, I just thought of, or this just made me think of this, like this particular (laughs) thing just made me think of this, like how we were saying before for anybody that uh, didn't uh, if they didn't notice earlier on when we first did the beginning of the podcast, we spent like 10 minutes trying to get me to practice my lines to open it. I was going to open it. And I was yeah, I was struggling so bad. And for some reason, because Morgan said, hey, everybody, the first thing my brain thought of was, hey, everybody, it's Bunny. Don't even know where that came out from. Like I haven't watched Graveyard Girl on YouTube for those of you if you don't know what that is. I haven't watched her since I was like a teenager. So like, I don't even know where that came from.
1: I just, just popped clicks. out of nowhere.
0: It just, it comes out of nowhere. And I just get these random things. Like somebody could be talking to me about something and it'll immediately be like a random word. And I'll be like, you know, this made me think of something. Or sometimes when okay. I'm sitting with myself and I'm talking in my head, because I have a lot of um, internal conversations, I'll randomly tell like Patrick something. And he'll kind of look at me sometimes and be like why, where, like, why did you bring that up? And I'm like, well, it started out because I was thinking about this. And then a part of that made me think of this. And then I got into this and I was kind of like questioning it. And so it's just like a whole thing.
1: It's a big old, I always say it's like the tree of life. It just branches right. out
0: yeah. and the more it branches it. out, the
1: bigger it gets. All
0: right. Totally sidetracked.
1: <laughs> okay. So. Waverly Hills Sanatorium. So you're talking about the height of TB. So in the 1900s, Louisville, Kentucky had the highest death rates in America by TB. So Waverly Hills was trying to solve this problem. However, the disease's treatment was probably even more brutal and just as dangerous as the actual disease itself.
0: Yeah, but no. before you get into that, you sh- I did want to mention, um. besides like, you know, the treatment that we want to talk about, with the sanatorium, it was like an enclosed space. So because they got so overwhelmed with patients, and they had su- such a, like, scared, it became an epidemic. Is what I'm trying to say. It became an epidemic to the point where they were so scared because they figured it was an airborne disease. So they decided to enclose the entire sanatorium. So if you were a nurse, a doctor, an employee, a patient, anything that you can think of, you basically were not allowed to leave grounds. So once you were admitted or once you started working there, you, are, you were to say goodbye to all your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And you were basically there for the rest of your life you know, living until hopefully something changes in the future. And it was to the point where they even had their own zip code. They had their own zip code. They had their own post office. They had a water treatment facility. They even grew their own fruits and vegetables. Um, They even went as far as raising their own meat for slaughtering and like consuming and pretty much any everyday things that you can think of, they had it covered. So I just wanted to put that out there because it was like It wasn't, like, a normal asylum or sanatorium. Like, any other place, I can't speak for all places, but, like, most other sanatoriums or asylums that you have heard of or gone to, like, they would, you know, at some point let patients go if they were ready, or doctors and nurses would get to go home. But, like, this was, like, a completely self-contained community.
1: Yeah. Which is what
0: made it even crazier.
1: Yeah, and it... just like sad it honestly is really sad um because kind of like segueing into the treatment the doctors back in those days thought that the best treatment for the disease was fresh air lots of rest, and like tons of nutritious foods so like they took this approach but then this approach i feel like very quickly changed and then things kind of turned into like a guinea pig-esque trial and error.
0: As it always does.
1: Yeah. Um, so some of the treatments that went on um, was they would insert balloons surgically into patients' lungs mm-hmm. and they would fill them with air to expand them, which like number one – anything in your lungs like that just sounds painful I just feel like you shouldn't be touching like like the inside like Like, yeah yeah like I feel like that right there because I mean truthfully we don't really like eat today we don't really do well as far as I know like I said I'm not like a clinician or anything but as far as I know like typically we really don't touch the lungs unless like it's like punctured. everything that we do is like antibiotics or yeah. like unless there's like a surgical need or like a transplant um like I don't know it's just like you don't really care about that so for them back in those days to be surgically opening up the lungs and inserting balloons and filling them
0: but like what kind of balloons would- like was it latex balloons <laughs> Party city latex balloons, like were they colorful or were they like plain colored?
1: Uh, I I would like, I would like blue balloons in my (laughs) lungs.
0: Like now that I think about it, this is probably why today everybody, so many people are allergic to latex. They probably like, let's take some latex balloons, shove them in their lungs.
1: There you go. Can you imagine I would if I knew honestly at that point I would be like I know that I'm going to be a goner just give me the balloons with the confetti in it mm-hmm. like just at least me if up. it's
0: exploding then you get a cool like you know explosion yeah. in your lungs you go out with a bang and style. Exactly
1: and so when they cremate me and they wonder what are, where all these sparkles are coming from <laughs> well no I guess the sparkles would probably burn up too It would just be like a melted sure, mess but sure. oh, okay. the thought was nice
0: You know, I just thought it was the worst thing ever. And I don't know why my brain just took me there. If they had it back then, I, I would play a prank on the, the morticians and I'd have them like, they'd get the balloons ready. Like say the balloons are on the table. Right. And they're getting ready to do it before I would get, you know, knocked out to get the balloons put in. I'd spray fart spray into it so that when I die, you know, right. I die. Okay. Whatever. I go, I'm dead. Uh, the morticians open me up, and they get they they smell farts. Oh,
1: that just sounds terrible,
0: right? But at least that I'm going out awful. like I'm going out with style, like a final prank. Yeah, right. Like
1: your final joke.
0: I just come up with my chest wide open, and be like, <laughs> and then I just go back to sleep. Like, <laughs> I <laughs> see ya,
1: Taylor. That is not <laughs> how anatomy works. That's how it's going to work for me. I could see you like haunting like the hospital and like. <laughs> I don't know I could just picture you as like a ghost just hanging around like Waverly Hills and like pranking people and then like floating away and being like He-he-he. right like- except
0: I would be walking around you know how the usually the ghosts are like ooh, I'd be like ooh, I'm mentally ill you guys <laughs> <You're> ghost <laughs> like, that and I'd be like it's me mentally ill it's
1: mentally ill ghost
0: <laughs> I
1: cannot with you that would be my I nickname cannot.
0: The mentally ill. Like, you know how they always give the ghost nicknames? Mine. Would we be just call you Ill. Mig.
1: Mentally ill ghost. Oh, you're right. Be like, sup, Mig?
2: <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. Kind of sounds like... What's that, um... I'm thinking of Top Gun.
0: I'm not gonna lie, I never watched those He movies. called
1: it, like, a... Is not like, a... I thought it was like an airplane or something that was a Mig, an MIG. M I G. I don't know. I don't know.
0: My, my, I think my. Oh no, not my mom. I think my dad would know more
1: about that than I would. That's all right. All right. So we move. So we digress. We move forward now. We're re. We're redirecting on the path. Okay. As always. <laughs> so the doctors this is this is another really disturbing part we were actually talking about this before we hopped on the podcast but the doctors used to remove the patient's muscles and ribs from the chest like so that the lungs could like get bigger and consume more oxygen and it did not work what made you say that it <laughs> it was um it turned out to be very very bad because lacerating I mean, think about that, though. Like, you have those muscles in your chest, first off. They're, like... You need them. Yeah. and they're Ribs are one duty. thing. Like, I mean, the but your ribs and your muscles are put there to protect, Yeah, like, your What's chest, a, like... I feel like it depends which ribs they move. Like, if it's, like,
0: particularly, like, right where the lungs are, then that'd be, like, stupid. But you know how, like, you hear those... And then my brain's going to do that thing again. Um, where those people like say that they remove the bottom parts of their ribs so that they can like.
1: Oh, gosh, you're going to you go know? the Marilyn Manson route. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So like, or some people do it to cinch their waist.
1: We'll be, well, we'll be a little more bottom, PG. but I feel like in order. That's what I'm for, saying. Yeah, it what, probably what would be the, the top. Do? wouldn't it because if you're trying Maybe. to make rooms for the lungs to expand more probably i would think that they would take like a decent probably from the bottom up that would make sense but that's like so bad like and i wonder what they looked like because i feel
0: like you probably ripped. have like, like con- you can't they probably have like concave spots in their chest no
1: like you could take somebody out with one punch I'd be if somebody if somebody made me mad, and I was like just chilling in my wheelchair in like the sanatorium. I would roll over, and I would just like one little pound of pressure just pop them right yeah. in the like.
0: No, because if I got mad at someone, like if they like pissed me off, the first thing I would do is poke the spot where they don't have any bones. So just like I feel just like it would just be in. squishy. Yeah, I'd be like you poke me. Be like You'd yeah, pop you pop their balloon. I'd be like get some bones. You- you're missing them. <laughs>
1: get a backbone get some rib bones get some ribs dude i feel like it's so bad it's like i want to be serious but at the same time i can't help but crack a little jokey joke and like i'm like scared that like i'm like am i being disrespectful like am i gonna get i I mean i feel
0: like to certain people 100 percent. but to like three-fourths of the world now i feel like dark humor is just how we cope
1: you know, like it's just how we cope like with our...
0: uncomfortableness
1: true so don't take this as a sign of disrespect that guys this is just how we cope with like the dark macabre things that we talk about on the podcast like like waverly hills sanatorium mm-hmm.
0: which we're terribly trying to describe
1: <laughs> yeah so people... it were. Normally... i mean hopefully it's painting like an entertaining picture um yeah right taylor, taylor would be like a mentally ill ghost yeah. i would be a vengeful wheelchair patient it would just oh that just sounds really dysfunctional
0: we're just adding a little sparkle a little pizzazz a little,
1: a to little the story. spice a little sugar in the spice. <laughs> okay yeah. so oh
0: no, wait okay real quick no because i gotta tell you i'm only gonna say one thing you just made me think of I'm a snake.
1: I knew you were going to say a that. Make it well, snake. All I right, I'm a Mickey little I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm um, done. So we're going to get to like the most like famous part <clears throat> of like Waverly Hills, which is the body shoot. So the body shoot is a 500 foot long like it's really steep. It's like a, it's cement, right? Yeah. Like there's stairs going down the, I believe it's, like, the left side of it. And then it's just a straight 500-foot drop, like, to the bottom. um, And that's where they disposed of all the dead bodies. And so now it's called the death tunnel. And a lot of people will, like, investigate, and they love to go in the body shoot because they think that's, like, where they're going to get the most activities. um, But... As I said, kind of at the beginning of the podcast, what was interesting was that ended up not being the case and people were actually more scared of like the rooms because each room has a story and there's also a story for each individual entity that apparently resides at Waverly Hills. So a lot of people that I have visited say that the rooms are actually scarier, like they much more enjoyed being in a body shoot. That is probably the most morbid thing ever, but that it had the most like light energy out of like some of the rooms in there. Um, And one room in particular, and Taylor, um, did you read about room 502? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to delve into that?
0: I don't have a whole lot. So if I miss anything, I only wrote a little bit about it, but I got you. They said that according to the stories, a nurse was found dead in room. 502 in 1928 because she had committed suicide by hanging herself from the light fixture they said that she was 29 years old at the time Uh, when she had passed she was unmarried and she was pregnant and the reason why it got to that point was because I believe it was her depression I don't know if it was depression prior to working there or if it was depression to the fact that she had been there maybe too long and I mean, the fact that she was, you know, pregnant, she probably was dealing with hormonal, like, depression, and she wasn't able to see her family. And now that I think of that, I'm curious to know, I wonder if her, like, baby daddy, like, if she had maybe, like, a fiancé or a boyfriend before she had gone in, and, like, that's how she got pregnant, or if it's something where, like, she got knocked up somehow...
1: Well, that was one of the stories was that, um, so the, the story, there's so many different stories about room 502. The only thing that like stays consistent is that she was a 29 year old nurse and she hung herself in that room and she was pregnant. Um, but a lot of people were saying that she had an affair with the hospital owner.
0: That would make sense.
1: Yeah. And she also contracted TB, and because of the whole scenario and then not being able to leave the hospital. And apparently the hospital owner like wanted nothing to do with the pregnancy or her. It was kind of just a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am. And that's that's the the supposed story. I mean, nobody's really gonna know what the what actually happened, um, or even if she like truly killed herself because there was also, um things circulating saying that she was actually killed. That, that, yeah, that's
0: what I was reading too,
1: yeah. And so did it say why they would have killed her? because I didn't get that.
0: The only thing that I has read was that her depression over the situation of being like, I guess, pregnant. Was the reason why yeah. it happened. So they don't really touch a whole lot of base. But now that I'm um, hearing, because I didn't know that she had supposedly contracted TB. Does that mean that every nurse patient, well, not patient, but every nurse, doctor, employee that worked there, they knew what they were getting themselves into? Like, did they know that they were going to get TB? And did they all have TB or was it only certain people? Because aren't certain people... I
1: mean, TB is, like, highly contagious and it's spread by, like, respiratory droplets. So, like, if somebody's singing, speaking, like, you know how sometimes when you're talking and, like, a little piece of food or, like, a little spit, like, jumps out and hits the person you're talking to? Gonna make me throw up but yes. it happens all the time. I'm like, I always catch myself in a little and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. No, nah, because a kid um,
0: literally accidentally did that to me today. And I, I normally would just pretend like it didn't happen, but it happened right in front of his eyes and and I was already tired as it was and I was like Ugh. I was like no. why would you do that?
1: It's so yeah I'm I'm not about the whole saliva thing. But <laughs> um yeah I mean it, it was not hard to to pass it. Like so I mean that's why like for if you have to work for a hospital or something nowadays you always have to get like tb tested if you're working in like schools or hospitals any kind of like scenario like that they'll tb test you with like the little bubble on your arm um that thing was always
0: a pain you had to come back like within 24 yeah, was, like, two days 48 hours yeah i always had yeah. to do that when i worked um at the hospital for the photography job
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's just because it is, it's like a really, it's a bad thing. And once that outbreaks, like, that's pretty bad. Um, but there also, um, there's also like another thing tied to room 502, um, because, there also was a story of a little girl who people um will say that they catch her running up and down the third floor there's um a little boy playing with a ball a woman with a bleeding wrist who mourns for help and there's all these different stories um and maybe i read that wrong i don't know if it was tied to room 502 or if that wasn't the only like haunted case
0: some of them were from other, like the, I know I read about the little girl. They said that she would roam around the third floor. Okay. So some of them I think were in certain areas. Yeah. But not but- all of them were specific.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because did you read about the ghost of Timmy? No. So there's, um, one of the little boys kind of mentioned before. So this is another legend folklore, um, that Timmy was a six to seven year old child. He, he died in the hospital from TB. Um, and they were saying that he just hasn't moved on yet because he died at such a young age. So ne- unexpectedly, I know how sad is that? So I just sad. can't imagine. It's like, it's sad, but people like when you see investigators and, um, you know, like ghost hunters and whatnot, they bring like toys and stuff there. A lot of the times it's for this little boy, Timmy, Um, they'll bring toys and balls and they will see a ball moving independently, but a lot of people kind of chalk it up to the fact that there's uneven floors. The building is not level and that it's wind. Those darn skeptics. We know what it really (laughs) is. We know it's you, Timmy.
0: Poor little Timmy.
1: But it's, I mean, it's sad, um, but not the saddest Mm -hmm. because one of the more sadder stories um, is the ghost of the woman with the bleeding wrist. So apparently there's a like moaning Myrtle, we'll call her. Um, She just roams the hospital and you can hear her just more like moaning and just in absolute mourning and she's just in agony and she's bleeding from her hands and feet apparently Mm. um and then when anybody tries to help her or they come close to her or tried to interact with her um she runs away and she screams in horror but did they say because I read about that too but
0: because I couldn't find it but did they say what the cause was like did anybody know how like what could have caused the reason for like her wrists?
1: i didn't find that out but i would be curious too like i was wondering like if anyone out there knows please let us know yeah if you have info if you're from louisville kentucky some people who have grown up like we have we have stories about Greystone. like we've been there we grew up around Mm -hmm. all the folklore and so, like if you're from Louisville, Kentucky and you have uh Waverly Hill Sanatorium stories, send them mm-hmm. in. Go to our Instagram, um, the Ghoulfriend hour pod. Is that what it's called? Oh god, I should know this. I... No, Instagram names have just gotten so pod. oh no, it's the underscore girl ghoulfriend underscore hour underscore. Making an Instagram name is hard these days because there's so many. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's not enough letters. Oh, you need to have this. Oh, that username is already add taken. F- five letters, two asterisks, and a partridge and a pear tree, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the soul of your firstborn child. But exactly. we're not going to talk about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um but if you go to our instagram we also have a link tree um so you can go to the link tree and we have a youtube we have my personal account everything is there um so there's a way to get in touch with us um as well as the email is on our instagram so anytime you want to submit anything go to that email submit your stories and we will read them in our podcast um but we would love to hear some like Local yoko stories, like firsthand accounts, um, you know, experiences that you've had. But Waverly Hills is definitely a, a freaky place. Now, did you find any listener stories, like, or not listener stories, um, any kind of like firsthand accounts? I mean, I saw like pictures here
0: and there, and um, it's mostly like the same stuff like people would see the apparitions down the hallways uh people would hear things but it's mostly like what you've already mentioned about the little girl I there was another legend though um a man in a white coat who was seen walking in the kitchen and someone said that uh you would smell the smell of cooking food that would sometimes waft through the room I don't know if it was a particular I guess it's the kitchen I'm assuming um which now Mm. that I'm reading it it was the kitchen. um because it literally says the kitchen would always be a disaster a ruin of broken windows fallen plaster broken tables and chairs and puddles of water and debris that resulted from a leaking
2: roof um but i don't know if that's now like
0: what people see now or if that was from back then like now i'm curious to know because they said that the cafeteria was also not any better and so they said that a number of people oh no so this is talking about what happened now they say a, n- a number of people reported footsteps in the room a door swinging shut under its own power and the smell of fresh break <sighs> this is going to be like crispy, buttery flaky buttery cr- crispy. crust I'm, I'm gonna i'm we're getting into this. that you got we're this. getting into it again um the smell of fresh baked bread it wasn't even that hard but for some reason my brain was slowly going when I was trying to say that um people would smell fresh baked bread buttery flaky crisp um in the air so I'm done with myself today
1: (laughs) I'm so done tell the motivation is just like wavering between the two of us I can't three and a half brain cells
0: I think I or lost sponsoring. A I might have lost a half. It might be down to three now. Uh,
1: maybe just two. Because I feel like I might have lost one in the <laughs> process there. That's All right. So we're down to two brain cells. Mm-hmm. Hi. This uh this podcast is being sponsored by the two remaining brain cells of Morgan and Taylor.
0: I think we need to like name our brain cells. We gotta
1: Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Speaking of totally random, because we just named an inanimate object. Um I had a boy today at camp for some reason. I've been making t-shirt bracelets with the kids. So we cut up strips of t-shirt and then we braid it like normal and make a bracelet. This kid thought it would be really cool to tie the t-shirt pieces together to make like a backpack and then attached a rock to the shirt. So it literally looked like a backpack with a rock like tied up in it and he goes yeah this is my rock backpack it's my friend and i go okay well we gotta name it and he goes jimmy and i said perfect i love that so he named a rock jimmy and now it's his backpack and he walks around campus and the
1: rock backpack
0: yeah he was either that or it was gonna be dwayne the rock i was like that's lame i said jimmy's better jimmy rock is like so much better
1: jimmy rock yeah that's a pretty like suave name
0: yeah and the reason i was bringing that up was irrelevant but i i forgot because we
1: because we named our brain cells yeah
0: yeah 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 because he na- he named it in don't I worry i
1: got you see like where you this is where like two yep. people with like add like come in handy because like where you lose your train of thought i'm focusing in on where it's lost so i'll pick it up mm-hmm. and then when i lose mine you can pick mine up usually how we'll goes. just fill it we'll just we'll fill the gap for one another <laughs> It's great. It's like the blind leading the blind. It may not right. always work, but like 1% of the time it, it might. We'll get there eventually. So I found a pretty cool story. Um, it says this is by Reddit user GXO oh. Uh, Goddamn Batgirl, but it's like GXDMN well, I love it already. Yeah, I'm like, what? GXDMN Batgirl so kudos to you goddamn Batgirl um it, the title is Waverly Hills my experiences in a haunted sanatorium it says hello all a fellow Redditor asked me to share a post about some of the experiences I had while investigating Waverly Hills sanatorium in Louisville Kentucky as I've stated in a post in the paranormal subreddit I have been researching and investigating the paranormal since 1998 I do have my own team, and I have visited some of the most notoriously haunted locations around the U.S. I should also mention that I am a sensitive, and this gift does enhance my investigations. This post will be somewhat long, but hopefully it grabs your interest and you read through to the end. I visited Waverly Hills back in July of 2012 and three other investigators with me, Eric, Tommy, and Debbie. If you have never seen the building before, it is worth looking up. It's huge and absolutely incredible to see in person. It will be hard for me to sum up my experiences without going into great detail because I feel that the full effect of these experiences can only be truly felt with very vivid descriptions, but I will do my best. This was the only place I've ever investigated that made me uneasy enough to want to leave. But this sensation only came over me when my team and I entered the fifth floor. Legend states that when the hospital was in operation, 1910 to 1961, a nurse had an affair with a doctor and became pregnant. Not only that, but she and therefore her unborn baby had contracted TB. The disease the sanatorium was determined to cure. Unable to handle the stresses of her transgression, and unable to bear the thought of her child being born with this disease, she performed her own abortion and threw her baby into the sewer system, and then she hanged herself. Okay, so we got some information that we did not have before that's a lot darker than I was prepared for. Um, It says in parentheses, note, this claim is not conclusively substantiated. It is just legend folklore. I am not saying that this is the particular entity I encountered here, I am just including this as background. Hospital staff as well as patients contracted TB and passed away from the disease. So the entity I interacted with here at Waverly could have been any one of those nurses. As I mentioned earlier, I am a sensitive. In a previous investigation at Prospect Place Mansion in Dresden, Ohio, I had made a connection with a female spirit there. It became so strong that at one point while communicating with her and other entities through an SB7 spirit box, I started to feel her emotions and became so overwhelmed that I started to cry. Once the session was concluded, my own feelings came back to me, but the residue of her energy stayed with me for the duration of the night. That's the only thing I will say, just like a dramatic pause right now. Having a gift and going to places like this is like really hard. Mm -hmm. because I do feel like any time that I, like for instance, like when I went to Greystone and I saw people that weren't there that like my friends didn't see and the physical like emotions and that like energy residue that is left, I always like to like put it like metaphorically, like it reminds me of like tar because like, when you go somewhere like that, the energy just like <clears throat> sticks to you. And when you get home, it's like spending a day in the city. Like when you come home from the city and you're blowing your nose and you just like, you got to take a shower because you just feel smoggy. Like you can feel the the film like covering your skin. The, the, the best way that I can. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And that was my asshole. foot on my wooden chair, by the way. I did not just <laughs> rip bootay. Um but it would be totally okay if you did (laughs) yes farting is completely natural
0: do it all the time yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so
1: (laughs) we're a mess you're a mess (laughs) um so yeah so it's it's like tar so like i feel like kudos to this person um because i mean it's it's a dark place. Like there's a lot of things that happen there. So to kind of walk away from that, like I, I can't imagine how they must've felt. Cause it probably felt super yucky like leaving mm-hmm. and it was probably a pretty smoggy feeling all over, but let is, let us continue. I almost said, let is, I don't know what that meant.
0: Same thing. It's close enough.
1: Yeah. Okay. Lim is <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Um, At Waverly, once we reached the fifth floor, I became extremely apprehensive. Usually I will be at the front of my team guiding them to particular locations according to the strengths of the energies in the building. Sometimes I will follow up behind in an effort to sort of protect my teammates. In this particular case, I did neither. Feeling incredibly nervous, I put my back up against the wall and would not move away from it. I tried to maintain my composure as best as I could, but I felt slightly safer and less exposed. I wanted so badly to leave, but I knew that I could not abandon an investigation or my team. I couldn't let them down. In my uncomfortable state, I pressed on, leading my team in an EVP session. We began asking basic questions to try and see if there were any intelligent entities with us. One investigator stated that we wouldn't judge her for what had happened to her, and that it was safe for her to talk to us. After a few moments of silence, I heard footsteps walking around us. Later on, when I reviewed the audio, I heard four very clear footsteps, which sounded like a lady's heeled shoes clicking on the linoleum. It was a fast paced walk, as if she had somewhere important to be. Perhaps the doctor required her assistance in surgery. This would lead to other experiences throughout the night. After the fifth floor, we made our way back down to the first floor. I move around according to the pull of the energy in the building. This is when I went to the electroshock therapy room. Oh, boy.
0: That's where the fun is.
1: Oh. and <clears throat> in- <laughs> says in here, we decided to separate. With each of us in a different corner of the room, and it's a big room, we decided to conduct an SB7 sphere box session, and we were not disappointed. Please note that there was virtually zero radio interference due to the building's location and distance from any major cities or radio towers. We started with the usual introductory statements and asked the usual questions. What I'd look for is intelligence, so I tried to elicit real-time responses from any entities which might be present. I said out loud that we had come a long way to speak with them, that we had traveled all the way from New York. I asked if they knew where New York was, and a female voice came through the box, North. Having received an intelligent response, I asked if she could tell me the name of any one person on my team. The same female voice came through again and said, Thomas. Naturally, we were impressed. We continued on. Having received two two intelligent responses, both in the same female's voice, I said, I'm hearing a female. Do we have a lady here? What came next was disturbing. Three different voices, dark voices, came through, joined together saying, don't speak with her. Mm -hmm. This sent absolute chills down my spine. I started asking questions like, who am I speaking with now? Why can't I speak with her? What do you want with her? I told them that they had no right to keep her and told them to let her go. If they ever did, I do not know. We did not receive another response from those dark voices, nor did we hear from the nurse, as I presume that's who we were communicating with, in this room again, and we moved on. That's heavy.
2: That is, that's crazy.
1: Next, we went back upstairs, this time to the fourth floor's main operating room. Liking the idea of using trigger objects. Trigger objects are relative to a particular point in time of history, which might be familiar to the entities that could reside there. I brought dusk masks with us to simulate the doctor's masks. In this room, Eric took on the role as the doctor. We started another spirit box session. Tommy asked, do we have any nurses here who can help us? A female voice responded, yes. I then asked, do we have a nurse here? Can you come over to the doctor and let him know that you're here and that you're ready? Again, the female voice, here, I asked, you're here, nurse, how many patients do we have on the list for today? The female voice responded, three. My theory here is that she recognized Eric as a doctor. Perhaps she thought the other three of us were his patients. The conversation continued, Tommy, what's the first step, nurse, give him first aid. We asked more questions like this, but she did not respond to them. The next question she did respond to was mine, approximately four minutes after her previous response. Me. Can you tell us any of our names? We are the doctor's assistants. Nurse's reply. Three. We continued trying to converse with her, but this was the last response she gave us. I felt that after a few moments of her silence, she had left the room. My final encounter with the nurse of Waverly Hills happened after our investigation had ended at 3 a.m. We had gathered up all of our gear and headed back down to the gift shop, which had been designated as headquarters for the evening. Our tour guide had stayed down there while we conducted our investigation, but when we got back down there, he had asked if any of us would be willing to go back into the building with him so that he could lock up. Of course, we all volunteered to go, and so we did. No longer feeling uneasy, I followed up at the back of the group hoping to get a few moments away from everyone to experience the last bit of energy that Waverly was willing to share with me. As I was walking past a very large room, I'm not exactly sure which room it was as it was still pitch black inside the building. I distinctly heard a woman speaking. It had definite female vocal tones and she spoke a full sentence as if having a conversation with somebody else. Unfortunately, I cannot make out what she was saying, but I know for a fact that I heard her disembodied voice with my very own ears. This was a really amazing experience for me as I had never had such a strong connection with a spirit before. This nurse was with us from the beginning of our investigation until the very end. Saving that last bit of, that last bit, crispy buttery (laughs) crust. (laughs) Rewind. Saving that last bit of evidence just for me. She made the night truly special, one I will never forget. I can't wait to get back there and investigate it again. I wonder if she'll remember me.
2: Hmm. That's
1: terrifying. I don't know if I'd want the ghost to remember me. Well, you know what's crazy was like. So after she shared this story, a lot of people like this thread was like long, and I was like, at first when I opened it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I if I can read all of this. (laughs) I don't know, like my podcast. Yeah, but then I saw the story was like a decent size but it was the comments So, so somebody commented and I can't give credit to this person because they deleted their account I think um but it says when I was stationed back at Fort Knox I went here with a group of friends the fourth floor, I believe where the shadow is where I believe the shadow children play I was walking with the group and stopped to check my phone I felt a little shove from behind and thinking it was someone from my group I turned around to see who it was Well, there was no one there and no one with within 10 feet of me. Pretty cool place.
2: That's crazy.
1: And I guess he also had commented, um, he said the nurse that hung herself because of the doctor that left her, they said that women get physically sick walking into that bathroom. One lady in our group left the tour after she had walked in. Oh, God. That's gotta be, like, a really heavy, like, I just would wonder what the, where, like, what the true story is. Yeah.
2: Um. I guess now we gotta take a road
0: trip. to the sanatorium. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, I've heard from people that, like, a couple of people that I've had on the podcast that have brought up Waverly, they were like, I wouldn't go there. Like, because it was one of those things where they're like, there's a lot there yeah and i think my only nervous part of things would be wondering like if people are going there and dabbling Mm -hmm. how much of the stuff that's there is the waverly energy and like goes there but what about that dark voice yeah like what's you know what i'm saying so like my only fear would be like um And uh, Bishop James Long said it best. He said, if you go looking for the D word, don't be surprised if you find them. And I was like, okay, all right. Yep. Point taken. That's a good point because I'm very conscientious about that aspect of things. Um, And it's not all, it's not all necessarily the D word, but I do feel like when you have a lighter energy or you're sensitive, you're kind of like a beacon in the dark, mm-hmm. and darker spirits or darker energies that are not necessarily the D word, but they're also not good for you, um, have a habit of being like magnetized to you, like mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it there, there was a lot of, a lot of people kind of contributing to the thread and some of them had some like really, really good stories. Um, this one person said, went to a tour in 2011, two things, one mild and one more intense. The mild one was that all the pics I took in the death tunnel disappeared. This was digital camera days. I did have an early iPhone, but took pics with the camera for some reason, and only those pics were gone. The other was we were in the room where some of the surgeries were done, and the tour guides said the doctor's ghost did not like him. A door slammed while he was talking to him, and to this day, my husband swears it was rigged. <laughs> well. well <laughs> um, okay. The death shoot. Um, this is where somebody said, I had expected this part of Waverly to be the creepiest part. However, it wasn't, it was weird walking through it. Don't get me wrong. But when you're actually standing in the rooms where people had suffered and you see the rooms where certain medical procedures were conducted, it's far, far creepier. And somebody just kind of said, yeah, those were definitely like the heaviest. Um, somebody wrote comac resident here i live five minutes from this place we used to break in there and walk around with baseball bats just in case
0: what would that do
1: (laughs) not for (laughs) ghosts but i guess if there's like
0: well i did read that uh when 2001 came around and i think that's when they started like when it was officially abandoned and like people were starting to explore it a lot of homeless people were taking
1: that's common. Altered. Greystone yeah. had a lot of homeless people. That's why it was so heavily like yeah. policed. And then um, there was a couple <laughs> of their abandoned. There was an abandoned nursing home that I went to once in New Jersey. And I wish I could think of it's right on 46. Um, It's like off of 46, but it's like on top of a hill and you have to like hike to get there. And I have pictures, which I actually want to like dig into my hard drive to find them for an episode because it was wild. Like we were like, we were in there like swimwear. I mean, deep. it was, it was spooky because we went to the pool room and I could feel something there with us. And I, I saw a figure of a person. It was definitely a spirit. Um, and they were just kind of hanging out in the corner of the, the old pool room and the pool was completely empty. Um, but there was like, chairs thrown in there, just like miscellaneous stuff, some leaves and, you know, but it was eerie because it was such a large room and everything like echoed. And it was me and three of my other friends. I mean, we're, we're standing there and we're just kind of like marveling at everything. And it was like dusk. So it was getting dark. Um, and we heard like, it sounded like footsteps on like glass, like that crackling, yeah. like, and it sounded like boots on glass. And I was like, I mean, obviously, like, could it have been a homeless person? It could have. Because there's a lot of really cool boots. Or, yeah. Or it could have been a ghost with some really sick Doc Marts. Yeah, right. No shade. But, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. But this person said that um, we used to break in there with baseball bats just in case, go through the sewers and hoist ourselves up between the metal bars that they have on the elevated walkways. It's private property, and if you get caught, you will go to jail. We found this one place with blood on the walls and literal shit in the corner of the room with the word shroom room, spray-painted in huge red writing on the wall. Lots of newspaper-looking beds, too. Really sketchy. The downstairs was the worst, though. The top two floors looked like the usual homeless hangouts but downstairs is straight up horrifying there's bats flying through the air too so you feel like you feel something brush by you and hiss i'm Ew. a self-admitted bitch so i got real freaked out lots of weird sounds like you said although i did see a dog a homeless guy was playing frisbee outside with him and he was named hero good uh-huh. fella the crematorium though fuck that <laughs> Okay. Simply put. Fuck so that was high book. school. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like that was high school though, like eight years ago. No way I'd go in now. It was super sketchy in every way possible. Um, there's, yeah, there's just like a lot of people that kind of did like the same thing. Um, and this person says the worst part is the access tunnels we used to take in filled with all manner of creepy crawlies. Um, I don't know what this means, chiefest and greatest calamity in my book was those freaking cave crickets or whatever the hell those wing spawns of Satan are called. I remember the first time thinking that no part of that closed mental institution can be nearly as creepy as those tunnels, and boy was I right. I'm sure it didn't help that we investigated the mushrooms before we went into the tunnels, but hey, hindsight, I think the funniest part was everyone's choice in weapon, from baseball bats to that old vehicular anti-theft device, the club. No one (laughs) dared enter unarmed. Oh, the club. (laughs) (laughs) The club. It's just like it's literally just a like a piece of wood yeah matt literally had one of those like in his truck just have- and i was like i like got in his truck one time we were like dating and i'm like like did something <laughs> break like i was like what is this and he's like oh that's just in case like you know just in case i ever need it, it's like in case somebody like tries to hijack me or like and i'm like okay well that it's that's the that's the ye, ye way. i'm like that's um that's what pepper spray is for or like <laughs> a good old just like just a baseball bat
0: would have worked yeah. <laughs> and i know he had a baseball bat because the three of them were like the biggest baseball fans and yeah. they always did baseball growing up so they I had know all sorts of baseball. stuff.
1: They had hockey sticks. They yeah. had like there's so many different choices of weapons. That so he chose mm-hmm. like a half-ass splintered piece of wood, and <laughs> I'm like, what did you like? Were you just driving by somebody's fence and you just popped this off? And we're like, oh, this is make a great weapon in case somebody tries to carjack me. Yeah, good job coming man. from the man who has anti-lock system on his anti-theft system on his car. I'm like, <laughs> when you put that shit in park, like everything like locks like when you're at a red light so nobody can that's the whole point of it we've grown we've grown since like the 80s Mm -hmm. we were like uh... you you could just grand theft auto somebody's car you just walk up rip them out and just steal the car Yeah, right i've never done that though (laughs) i'm not speaking from experience and i know that sounds super suspect (laughs) but i promise i've never carjacked anybody grand theft auto style
0: morgan's being sussy now
1: uh, As the kids sussy. say in school, super sussy, sussy, <laughs> no cap. That's okay. that's <clears> throat> my godson <throat> says he's like he's like Momo, stop, like stop. He's like no cap, and I'm like,
2: what? <laughs> what? 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 What's that mean? They try to speak
1: to me in their language, and I'm just like, what are you saying? I don't understand. The only thing that I can understand is period. But that's because like I feel like I was saying that before it was like a thing because I would yeah. be like, I'm not talking to you. Period, like yeah. done. Conversation over. So, like that makes sense to me. I'm like, okay, we can bring that back. But like, when you're saying like no cap, what? Excuse no me. Cap. No like, cap. Bro? If, if, what is
0: the cap? Well, like no cap. Like no. If one... There's no cap. Like there's n- like there's no cap. Like I'm being real. Like maybe it's like a cap on a soda can or something. Oh like my soda God. Bottle? sounds like
1: means that like. I forget if I'm it's not lying. If no, yeah. I don't know if it's cap means like don't lie or like no cap is like your BS BSing. Like, I, I see, I don't understand it. I still don't understand it. He says it to me all the time. And I'm like, okay, I'm like- I thought I, no
0: cap was like, you're not lying. Like you're being truthful. You that's know that TikTok
1: that's like skipper dapper deck or whatever, and it's like- what? Yeah, <laughs> it's Scabber, huh? yeah. huh? scabber. gun. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. That's Patrick me. and
0: I always- reference that tiktok all the because time. it's
1: so true i'm like every video that i've seen with that sound i'm like okay my favorite being the grocery store one where it's like <laughs> that when the cashier like hands you your change and your receipt and you're trying to like not be in everybody's way but you're right. trying to get it back in your wallet and it's like rabbit it's scabbard and he's like I just, uh, I don't, uh, i'm sorry what <laughs> i'm like you're gonna give me a panic attack trying to buy some oranges like can we not oh do goodness. this today? Um, I'm trying to find there was another one. The one I really want to dig into at some point is lech Letchworth Village in New York.
0: I need to take you that
1: that's scary.
0: I need to take you. I haven't done uh, a whole lot of experience, like or research, but I experienced going there multiple times and the scariest out of the entire village because there's certain places um in the village that aren't open to the public, which some of them aren't really that like is this great is Ledgeworth? Ledgeworth, yeah. I've been there. Oh, m- so you've multiple. been there? Yeah, that's one of the places I've been. What um I work. went with my friends back uh mostly early on college but went
1: back in the long, long times ago the days. Yeah.
0: The last time I went there was I think a year or two ago. I went with my friend Anna. She's my spooky biffle. Um We always, like, bonded over urban exploration and stuff. And she is, like, a really great person to urban explore with because she, out of, like, all the friends I ever urban explored with, she was always super respectful. Like, when I go to these abandoned places, the one thing I always, always, like, made sure was to be respectful. Because, like, obviously, it's spooky, it's fun, it's scary, but, like, I never wanted to be disrespectful especially like to whatever was lurking and like living there um she was always like really great but um in that village there's this there's a few places but there's one particular it's like I think it's the main hospital building because it's the biggest building on the whole site it looks like an l shape so like there's two entrances they're really long hallways from the entrance to the main <clears throat> like entrance or whatever it's very hard to get into sometimes like the first time we went we had to go through the side window which of course what did it lead us into a room that looked like a tiny room that looked like um it looked like a tiny dentist office but now that i'm like thinking about it i wonder if it was like um that's creepy a lobotomy room because it had that chair and then it had, like, cabinets and stuff. Like, and of course, we got in and we walked down the hallway. And my friend immediately was, like, screamed and, like, was like, I just saw. I swear to God, I just saw something. And sometimes I couldn't tell if she was being, like, funny or serious. But I, I scared the shit out of me. We immediately climbed right back out that window. And I was like, okay, we need to go back in and try it again.
1: I'm trying to find. um, So, Sean Austin, who I had on the podcast he has a bunch of like um they're on like Scare Network TV um he he's made like a lot of like little like horror documentaries about like true cases so um on Scare Network TV you can look it up it's called Letchworth um and for listeners Sean Austin uh, demonologist he's on Netflix 28 uh, days haunted I think is what it's called Um, he does a lot like I could go on and on he's a man of many hats scare network TV if you want you can go on there you can watch Letchworth you can watch Amityville the resurgence Um, that one he did with Ralph Sarchi there's a lot of good ones but Letchworth um, is on there and it's pretty it's pretty decent I gotta say it's, it's really spooky. spooky
0: there. I'll have to bring up. I'll have to send you. Uh, And if there's any way, like, maybe we could show the pictures on here one day. I have some really, like, creepy photos that I had taken. Like, especially there's um one building there. It was an old gymnasium. And the roof mm-hmm. is caved in. So when you're on the one side, there's two stages. It's a stage, the gym, and then a stage. So from the one side, you can literally see, like, you know, the outside coming in yeah. and you can't really go, I don't think you can go into the like gym part because it's covered in debris from the the roof caving in. It's just, it's really cool though. And that's the place that-
1: So it's like pretty decrepit though.
0: Yeah, but what's amazing and crazy at the same time is that it is shut down. You are not supposed to trespass, but it's so large- and the paths are so long and, like, big. Like, people are there all the time. It's not busy, but people are there walking their dogs, taking strolls. Like, it's, it's basically, like, a public park, but the buildings themselves, you are not supposed to go in.
1: So they're okay. really,
0: like, trusting the public not to go in, which they're so not very good So it's kind of like at.
1: Waterloo Village.
0: Yeah. But Waterloo okay. Village is, you're able to go in it again now.
1: Those they, like, houses? it.
0: Oh, I don't know, do they? I just know you can go to the Waterloo Village again. Like they I know it's
1: shut down, which is more so like you know how they have all those houses there? Yeah. Well I never historic. You're not you're not supposed to go in those. But like you can walk like the village grounds.
0: Yeah. I'm 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 a little salty because I never got to go there. Uh in fourth or fifth grade we were supposed to have a field trip there. And we had this National Honor Society that our history teacher was in charge of. She was like the best. She always took us to like the cool places like Ford, Faze, Ford Fage House, Jockey Hollow. Um, oh God, there was like so many cool like old abandoned places she took us. There was like this church she took us to. Um, she was supposed to take us to Waterloo but they had closed it down like a year or two before. And then of course, a couple years later, they reopened it. And I was like salty. And then what's crazy too is that the camp that I work at is down the street from Waterloo. So every time I get on the road, there's a sign that literally says the way that I need to go is the opposite way that Waterloo Village is. And I guess- You so should salty. just go one day. I, sh- I was thinking about it, but the problem is that I don't get out of work till like four twenty, four o'clock. So they're probably closed by the time I get out. Unless I get a day where I get to leave early. I really want to go though.
1: I love Waterloo. I've done a lot just as a photographer. I've done a lot of engagement photos and stuff there. I've been there like- What let's see five to eight times. Damn yeah. A lot of people like it. I mean, it's a nice little place to get your pictures done, especially in the fall. I've done fall. I went there in a blizzard and did snow pictures to test out my new camera. And then my friend Robert wanted to test his new video camera because he was in film school. Um, and then I did another two engagement photos. I did a maternity shoot portraits. Yeah, I've been there a lot. That's crazy. But it's just like a nice serene place. Yeah. Definitely has some spooky vibes though. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's uh, pretty much it for Waverly Hills sanatorium. Um, there is, um, you know, there's a lot of really good information like on Reddit, some things that, um, you know, we didn't, Maybe cover. So you guys can always go on there and kind of check some of that out. One thing I did want to add, though, that I thought was pretty cool is I did find this. So it said many doctors, nurses and other staff were often quarantined themselves and unable to leave, um, which we already talked about. It said it was a high risk job, but it paid very well, which is why it attracted a lot of people. Um, It said the pay records from the 20s found that nurses were paid forty five dollars a week, which is about six hundred dollars today plus had room and board. Doctors were paid more and were provided with houses, many of which still stand in our private residences today. Lots of people were happy to take the risk due to the salaries. Um, Now, it said, as the TB epidemic struck more and more people. Waverly was a forerunner in experimental surgeries and medications. X-rays were greatly advanced during this time. Common treatments included lobectomy and pneumoectomy. The surgical removal of sections of the lung or even a whole lung. The thor- thoracoplasty, the surgical removal of several rib bones from the chest wall in order to collapse a lung. In the time that the surgery was commonplace, the average patient required the removal of seven to eight ribs. Most surgeons preferred to remove only two to three ribs at a time. And thus patients had to endure several procedures before the entire thoroplasty was finished. That's a lot. Several procedures in order to remove seven to eight ribs. So they had to do
0: it um, in increments
1: then, two to three ribs at a time. That's crazy. Um, artificial pneumothorax, which consists of introduction of air into the pleural cavity or between the coverings of the lung, which collapses the diseased area, finally leading to complete recovery. Um, we think that it's pretty barbaric today, but it's literally all they could do until 1944, when an antibiotic that successfully treated and cured TB was discovered. Patient numbers thinned after that, and Waverly Hills remained a functioning TB hospital until 1961 when it closed its door. TB was no longer a threat and could be taken care of in normal hospitals or even at home. To dispel popular legend at the height of the TB epidemic, there was on average of around one to two deaths a day at Waverly Hills. There wasn't a death an hour. There is no documentation supporting that was ever a reality. There is also no documentations that support the legend of room 502, um, which there's, we're not going to feed into that negativity <laughs> because we like the spooky side of things, so I'm not even reading that. Um, <laughs> if you're a skeptic, no. if you're a skeptic, you're probably on the wrong podcast because we are believers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in 1962, the hospital opened its doors once more. But it was now Woodhaven Geriatric Center. Once again, not a mental health facility, just a nursing home. There are a lot of uh, documented stories of patient abuse and neglect during this time, especially toward the end. Woodhaven was closed in 1981. The building sat empty and neglected until the current owners bought it. Um.
2: Yeah, and that's pretty much it. So, like... I mean, I thought that was pretty a pretty good,
1: you know, little tidbit of history, yeah. some things that we didn't cover. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Waverly Hills is one of those places that you can read all the stories that you want and, you know, you can listen to the fun folklore, but I don't think anybody will truly believe it's good to get spooked, but until like, I think you physically go there and experience it for yourself that you're going to have a lot of skeptics and a lot of like he said she said so i would love to go to waverly hills but at the same time it's not that i'm skeptic i'm just i'm nervous i'm a nervous nelly yeah
0: no i don't blame you i'd probably be the same way especially when you're like <clears throat> a, like clairvoyant or sensitive it's one thing to like read about things but like when you're actually there experiencing it it's like so different like I know that you know I never figured out and I'm probably not as clairvoyant but I do feel like I'm very empathic so I do feel a lot of things and like when we went to Gettysburg and like whenever I'd go to those abandoned places like you read about them and it's like, that's one thing. But then when you're actually there and you feel like the heaviness, like even the other day I took a drive with uh, Patrick and I was like, I, I want to go to Greystone. Like, I know that it's not there anymore and it's just a field now, but like, I always like to go back to see it, even if it's not there anymore. And the one thing I've never done, I've seen it completely like just the field, but I never stepped foot on it. And so it was the first time I put, you know, both feet on that ground and like it just felt so heavy and it's crazy too especially where these places are because you look around and you see that like there's normal life going on like if yeah. you've seen Graystone lately if not i have to show you next time you come up um they now have all of the the side fields on the road it's all like soccer games um baseball games um, these like crazy hockey games that they have like playgrounds and stuff like when I used to go with my family on visits to go see Greystone when it was completely shut down and we would just go take drives there it was dead like you'd see maybe a car or two pass by there was never really anyone around but now you go and there's cars lined up on the streets cars packed in the like parking lots and stuff there's games going on every single night it's like oh what's crazy is that you look at The field that once used to be graystone and it never gets used it's just empty you'll see maybe one or two people but it's just like it's so still and quiet and you I stepped on there and I'm like oh my god like it's so heavy feeling like it just feels like you know you've read things and you know what had happened in that space that you're standing in but then you like walk back to your car you walk down the street and it's like you hear all these people chatting like going about their lives and it's just it's
1: crazy I think it adds to like the creep factor of it like the eeriness I shouldn't even say creep it's like eerie because like that's how I feel about Gettysburg like whenever we go to Gettysburg it's weird to me so it's like (laughs) You see people walking their dogs or kids running across the fields or people taking pictures of the monuments and and then like where my head goes is I'm like my feet are walking across grass, yeah, where there are body parts and blood and like sordid violent history all over the grounds that I'm walking on and that people's dead bodies were literally strewn across these fields in like massive numbers. And like, that's where my head goes. Like, I'm like, it's just weird to see these places like just so normal now and just as is like, but to see them like in their prime, well, I shouldn't say that not like their prime, but to see them in their most highest functioning state, of like that time period would probably terrify like modern day people Mm -hmm. because what's normal for them is like really disturbing for us because what we know now is that the things that they were doing was like just inhumane yeah it's crazy yeah well, I mean, I guess that like we're actually finishing on time for once. It is like eight 8- eight thirty on the dot. So do you wanna do you wanna close this out, Taylor? I don't know, because
0: I feel like we're gonna have to practice again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here come the bloopers.
0: <laughs> I honestly am so tired that I forgot how we close it out.
1: <laughs> Until next time. Are we getting weird? <laughs> Oh, that's right. We said let's get weird at the well, beginning. That's true.
0: We said the whole reason we were gonna say in the beginning so we wouldn't have to say it at the end.
1: All right, we're gonna say like until next time, keep it spooky. I can't wait. I like the
0: you pizzazz, have to, like get close though. to your mic
1: though. I'll be like, I don't know if it's gonna fuck
0: it up though. Keep it. Okay, wait, I feel like it should be ASMR. <laughs> until next time. Let's keep it spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like hey. you, you added pizzazz, and I felt
1: like it needed a to little, be pizzazzy. A pizzazz. Get spooky. I need a little <laughs> um, I can't. I feel like it's like Herbert the pervert. <laughs> let's
0: get, let's, let's get some spooky in here.
1: I can't. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna. Okay. So you say until next time. Keep it spooky, or keep whatever you want to say. You honestly just make your own thing up and say it with your own pizzazz and then I'll say mine with my own pizzazz. Yeah, and whoever gets spooky. the pizzazziest gets, um, gets to say the introduction next time.
0: I'm I'm already claiming the spookiness. So. Okay. Until next time, stay spooky. Until next time, stay spooky. Oh, shit. That was, that was kind of, <laughs> of goose bumpy. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs>
0: I'm right, not gonna that, lie. i've we, had to pee, i've had to pee this whole time and honestly that almost made me pee my pants you know hey okay, don't don't pay a
1: we're gonna close this out so thanks for listening until next time Spoke okay, okay. and okay well we'll we'll keep it extra weird for the next episode because that's just who 100%. we are as people i have
0: a really good story next time to share with everyone
1: oh it's it's gonna story. get when we say let's get weird the reason we say this because like it's a challenge It's not just a saying, it's a challenge. Like we want to get weirder every day. All right, Taylor, go pee before you pee your pants. (laughs) And we're going to hang up now. Okay, bye everybody. Thanks for listening.